702. The Africa Report with Crystal Odison. Well, the Africa Report is brought to you by SAA. The ones who fly SAA's growing route network are now flying to places like Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls and Vintook. A very good morning to you, Crystal Audison. Morning, Bungani. I've missed you. It's just been ages. I hope you've had a good break. Yes, indeed I have. Uh, recalibrating, reconfiguring, but uh, here we are. Let's start with this big visit by uh, the UN's Antonio Guterres, this unannounced visit to Somalia. I'd imagine he's going to be highlighting a number of things. Firstly, the devastating drought there amidst, of course, ongoing uh, security issues. Yes, Pongani. So um, Guterres, it was unannounced um, because of insecurity in the capital. We know there's always either a bomb blast or Al-Shabaab is constantly on the attack. And Guterres, um, you know, told reporters after the visit with um, President Hassan Sheikh Mohammed that he's there to ring the alarm because the country need massive international support. Um, so the reality is, Pongani, there's been a disastrous drought. We're talking about five consecutive failed rainy seasons um, in parts of the country. And this means salvation for millions of people. And then parallel to that, the government is fighting this major offensive with, of course, Al-Shabaab. Um, and so Guterres has pleaded, um, he's launched an appeal of about $2.6 billion um, for humanitarian aid for the country. Um, and we're looking at um, really, it's... Um, just it's been the the drought has been devastating we're talking about wiping out livestock crops um you know people have just lost everything people have been displaced they're searching for food um and there's really a need for humanitarian aid um we know in 2011 famine killed about 260,000 people and that was in part even the UN admits it Bungani that it was because the international community simply didn't respond quickly enough and then the country's constantly dealing with al-shabaab claiming more territory. Um, so I think Guterres's visit in essence, Bungani, really brought the, the, you know, reminded Somalia and reminded the world that it is a country, it's trying its best to rebuild after years of insecurity, but it still has these challenges and they need the international community to come and help them. It's an extraordinary story. What, five straight failed rainy seasons in uh, parts of Somalia, but it's also affected Kenya and Ethiopia, as you know. It's the worst drought in that area for decades, quite frankly. And as you point out, of course, we now know the insurgency is also doing its bit in terms of lives lost. With all of that happening, they did have seasonal rains just uh, in uh, the month of March, but flooding there has now claimed the lives of uh, more than a dozen people. It's a very, very awful story for that part of the world. And we'll stay in that region. Uh, Crystal, let's go now to Ethiopia. Uh, a region of that country hit by protests. Yes, we've seen a massive protest in the um, Amara region for the fifth consecutive day. Um, this as the government, um, the prime minister in Addis Ababa, moves to dissolve the paramilitary force. Now, what we've seen is that um, protesters in the region, they're fearing that the government's decision would leave them um, exposed uh, to attacks by neighboring regions. Now, we know that um, Ethiopia's regional states, and which there are several, they have their own special 
forces for Ghana to protect their borders and, of course, deal with, um, you know, fighting of rebels. Now, last week, the Prime Minister announced that it wants all the forces from all the regions to be integrated into the federal army or police. And this is part of promoting national unity. So we know, Bongani, we've spoken about it over the months, that conflict that happened in Ethiopia. And then, of course, the peace talks here in Pretoria. Of course, they signed a deal. And one of the major issues for that deal is to ensure to promote national unity, but in part to to ensure that all these different regional armies actually come together. Um, but now here in Amara, the government facing huge opposition with protests. Um, it's also led to a curfew in the historic city of Gonda. Um, and we still um, hear reports of clashes. So I think um, we see that the Ethiopian Prime Minister, uh, President Aria Ahmed, he's really vowed to press ahead. And he said, look, this is the price that we have to pay for peace. Um, so I do think it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Um, of course, we all want Ethiopia to be peaceful, Bangani. It's our second um, most populous nation. Um, the two, two to three years conflict in Tigray was not good for the economy. Um, so we want Ethiopia to work, but I think this is going to be a difficult road to get all these regional forces. Can you imagine in South Africa when we did it in the 1990s, bringing all regional forces yeah. together of the former homelands? This is what basically in essence is happening in Ethiopia. Well, also you have to contend with their prime minister, not president. I think that was a slip on your part. Uh, prime Minister Ahmed, he seems a little intransigent, doesn't he? He says he's pressing ahead with his plan, even if there's a price to be paid. And of course, one of the things we have seen is the arrest of Amara-linked journalists and commentators. Uh, that's intensified in recent days. And so you've got to worry about this hardline stance instead of trying to bring all parties uh, to some kind of consensus and uh, mutual understanding. We'll keep an eye on that development because for all of this type of conflict, there's a whole lot Ethiopia has been getting right that we, for example, have failed in achieving. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm scratching my head. Think of their airline versus our state carrier. Crystal Alderson with this morning's Africa Report.